Stoics to another episode of Meet the Modern Stoics. This is where today's leading Stoic advocates share ancient wisdom that you can apply for better living today. I'm your host, Scott Perry, creator of the StoicGuitarist.com. Get guided and go Stoic. Adopt the posture of a bulletproof creative, the mindset of a thriving artist, and deliver better work to the right people. Remember that Stoicism is a philosophy of action not navel-gazing. Listen to the wisdom delivered in this episode, and then apply it to your life, your work, and relationships today. Let's meet today's guest. Welcome aspiring and advancing Stoics to today's broadcast of Meet the Modern Stoics. These are 30-minute introductions to the great work of today's leading Stoic advocates. Our guest today is Greg Sapp. <laughs> yeah, I've been Greg, upgraded. It's Gregory Lopez. Oh. We were just Greg, Greg, Greg and I were just talking about Greg Sadler. So, and I'm very tired and very punch truck. So, beautiful. Uh, I've blown another introduction. Um, <laughs> so, Greg, uh, welcome to the broadcast. Please introduce yourself to our audience and share whatever Stoic-related work or project you're currently uh, engaged with and excited about. Thanks. Uh, well, I guess the main take home that I want to bring to today is that uh, I want to share as little about my stuff as possible because I want to put the message out there that everybody listening to this uh, video can do something stoic related. And a lot of my projects have been related to that um, leading up to the stoic fellowship. But first, I'll tell you a little bit about myself and how I got involved in stoicism. So um, I volunteer and ultimately um, am president of, for a brief period longer, uh, organization that does, um, that uses cognitive behavioral therapy in order to help people overcome addictive behaviors in New York City. Um, and it's a kind of peer-led model. And I actually had a background interest in philosophy, but had a gap in the Hellenistic period. And I found out that rational emotive behavior therapy was somewhat related to, was inspired by Stoicism. And so I decided to take that up. And I actually discovered, this was maybe five-ish years ago, that there was an online community of people trying to bring Stoicism into the modern age. These are people such as the New Stoa and the International Stoic Facebook group, which is still to this day a Yahoo group. Um, and uh, there are a few other books and things out there. Um, but there didn't seem to be actual people meeting on the ground trying to discuss and improve Stoicism and improve their practice. So in 2013, I founded the New York City Stoics on meetup.com. And uh, after a slow start, things have picked up quite a bit. Um, and so I currently run that group, which you can find on meetup. Um, also, I got um, Massimo Pigliucci, who's also in New York City got interested in Stoicism, and we started collaborating on a couple of projects. Um, we were inspired by Rob Coulter um, out of Wyoming, who's a professor out there, and he started uh, something called Stoic Camp Wyoming, where you go out into Wyoming, which is a great place to camp, and uh, 
do some stoicism. At first, I, if I have this correct, but don't quote me on it, although I'm on video, so I guess I'm screwed anyway. Uh, <laughs> I think he started out using um, the Stoic Week material, which is put out by modern stoicism. Uh, and then he moved on to uh, kind of getting people together and reading all of Marcus Aurelius's meditations. And so Massimo Pigliucci approached me and said, hey, why don't we just do another Stoic Camp? And so we created Stoic Camp New York, which is currently in its third year now, um, where we are a little less rustic, but we do go up to upstate New York and um, go to a campus there. And we do a concentrated introduction to Stoicism. Um, and so I also got hooked into Stoicon, uh, which is the annual convention of uh, Stoics that started in the UK specifically and around Exeter and London. But then we started rotating it to various places around the world in order to try to expand Stoicism and where it exists. And so Massimo and I and um, our friend Amy Valadares also brought Stoicon in 2016 to New York City, and now it's rotating to Toronto this year. And so I'm also on the team for modern stoicism. But my most recent project leading all up to that is that it's early for stoicism's comeback, that there are not a lot of people who know about it. And it's a unique philosophy in that it really, it's not just about feeling better. It's not ultimately, I think at its best anyway, it's not just self-help. It's not just a solve to make you feel better. There are plenty of outlets for that kind of thing already, whether they be self-help or whether they be psychotherapy. Stoicism is not a therapy. It is instead a philosophy of life and ingrained in that philosophy of life is the concept of virtue, which sounds stodgy and lame nowadays, but I think Stoicism can make virtue hip again. Uh, maybe I'll do that on a tagline if I ever make a website, Stoicism making virtue hip again. Um, so I think that the world can benefit from a little more virtue, taking a look at the newspapers, this seems to be uh, kind of a given. Um, so in order to do that, me and two other people who um, founded STOA in Minnesota and the Bay Area, Nick um, Guggenbuehl and James Kosteka, founded actually just this year a nonprofit called the Stoic Fellowship, whose goal is to try to encourage people to create more on the ground groups and also to um, help people who have on the ground groups and um, help them keep running. And so we're just getting off the ground with that effort and that's where we are. And that's what I would encourage everybody who's watching this video today to try to do, to check us out, but also get a little involved. You're on a ground floor effort and can actually make a huge impact in shaping how stoicism is made. So go for it. That's really interesting. So I've had this conversation with a couple of previous guests. There is an, there is an element of ancient Stoic and modern Stoic practice uh, that um, suggests that it's not a good idea to kind of proclaim your Stoic uh, practice or to announce to the world that you are a practicing Stoic or a student of Stoicism. Epictetus encouraged his students to kind of keep a, keep that under wraps. And um, William Irvine in his book, I think, calls it stealth Stoicism or something along those lines. Um, and I, for one, have have been um, rallying for let's uh, let's wear our Stoic banner proudly and loudly. Um, it sounds like that's uh, a little bit more your approach or is it just gathering like-minded, uh, an attempt to gather like-minded people? I think it's more of the latter. I really try not to pronounce uh, my stoicism. I think there's quite a few good reasons for that. First is self-deception. If I go around and say, hi, I'm a stoic, I'm totally virtuous, and then pick your pocket or whatever, I can kind of trick myself into thinking that I'm virtuous when I'm 
my behavior is showing things differently. And so I try to focus on changing my behavior and not saying I'm a stoic to myself or other people, because it may be like virtue signaling, which is a bad thing as opposed to actual virtue. Um, or And also, um, it kind of fools me. So I don't want to, I try not to fool myself. Rationality is ingrained in stoicism. So I try to do that as much as possible. But yes, gathering like-minded people on the ground, I think does have unique benefits as opposed to reading books or um, going on internet fora. Um, you get to get face-to-face -face with a community of people who are trying to improve themselves and you get to know one another um and when you get when you're a social primate who gets put in a social circle you kind of sometimes feel the need to behave a little bit better than otherwise since you have eyes watching you under the context of i'm trying to be virtuous and so some of this comes from just like getting a group of like-minded people together who want to improve themselves. You are naturally going to improve yourself a little more just because other eyes are watching you within that context. But also you get the face-to-face real-time interaction of people who get to know you over time and slowly build communities. So while books on online fora have their place, I think on the ground Stoa have a unique opportunity and a unique niche that's being filled. So um, interesting because there is um, like some actual science that says that uh, I think it's dopamine is the the neural um, uh, chemical that if we state a goal out loud or it gets released into the brain and we begin to think that we've actually done it just by saying that we're going to do it. Um, so good, good advice for uh, even for those like me who are um, proclaiming their stoicism to remember that you still have to walk the walk after you've talked the talk. Yes. Um, and so uh, and you, you, you hit on something really uh, interesting at the very beginning, which is this, you know, stoicism it says that virtue is kind of its own reward, that um, the key to a good life is virtue. And that's all that's really, um, uh, well, I guess the, the cynics say, say that it's all that that's required. Um, but the Stoics still say that it's really important. And of course, the Stoics are much more um, about a philosophy of action and not just uh, navel gazing. Um, and but virtue has, uh, as you, I think your word was stodgy, it has this kind of association that's in today's world, um, maybe not as appealing. Uh, I sometimes like to refer to it as um, character or the content you know, of your character. Um, when people, you know, ask me, what is that? What does virtue mean? You know, in stoicism, do you have any kind of do you have any way of, so you're not proclaiming your stoicism, um, but if obviously you're, you're engaged in this work and if somebody were to come up to you and ask about what stoicism is or what, what does a stoic mean by virtue, do you have a sort of, and I, I know that elevator pitches are um, something that we don't want to, we don't want to get things too watered down, but if, if, if somebody is completely uninitiated to what stoicism is or worse has a misunderstanding of what stoicism is, is there a one to three sentence definition or description that you have at hand to kind of get the conversation started? Yes. Uh, it, one of the advantages of virtue ethics is that it allows for situational flexibility that, so I would actually, it depends on what the person's doing and coming up to me and asking the question for, if they're just like curious, like what's stoicism? I'm like, well, it's an ancient philosophy that influenced psychotherapy where people tried to make themselves better people 
but there were other options in a period known as Hellenist in the Hellenistic time period, because um, philosophy was a little more practical back then. Um, and just kind of give them a historical introduction. Um, for people who are somewhat practicing Stoics, I have like a kind of one sentence summary, which is Sto Stoicism is pursuing preferred indifference with virtue. Um, that seems to be a pretty good summary of what Stoicism is. You have to kind of unpack those terms. So you pursue preferred indifference because you can't be virtuous in a vacuum. You can't be put in a sensory deprivation chamber and not interact with the world and kind of still be virtuous. I mean, you maybe courage a little bit if that kind of kind of stuff freaks you out. But um, besides that, it's you have to interact with the world somehow. And so you might as well pursue preferred indifference, things that a sage would benefit from if they had it. Would Socrates be um, better off if he was rich and healthy or poor and sick? Rich and healthy. Okay, well, since Socrates is close enough to a sage, very good people could use these things to the benefit of themselves and the world. And so that's a preferred indifference. And so that's pursuing preferred indifference but you have to do it with virtue, meaning that you never sacrifice your personal integrity and excellence in order to get the result of a preferred and different. So that's stoicism in a nutshell, and that's how I would introduce it, depending on the audience. And how about how about the term virtue, if that's a turnoff for somebody? Yeah, I would probably, I prefer, I prefer to leave it untranslated as arete, um, the Greek word, because it's so hard to get the nuance down in a single word, but I would probably say like maybe human excellence or personal excellence would be a better thing, or maybe character as well. Um, those all work to a better degree than virtue for a lot of people who think that virtue is kind of sitting there and being dour and stodgy. I often think of um, that term as having a lot to do with just achievement of your potential as a, as a human being that has the capacity for reason and is engaged engaged with others in the world, um, and uh, that's uh, you, I mean that that particular side of things um, is is really interesting to me. Do you have uh, do you have a particular exercises that you like to um, to suggest to people that are just kind of getting started? Yeah, it, again, it probably depends on the person, um, but I would probably take Epictetus's advice and say to start out with um, the discipline of desire, which is to try to transfer your desires to things that are within your control and your aversions to things that are within your control. And he specifically says, actually, just work on your aversions first. Try to lower your aversions to externals and increase your aversion to your own character flaws. That does not mean to hate yourself. That means instead to say, wow, being a cow, being cowardly kind of makes me uncomfortable and I really want to change that. Um, so it's the difference of disliking a personality trait of yours versus disliking yourself. And that's a very big and notable difference to take account. Um, but I'd probably say to um, like slow exposure to discomfort um, or um, to go without things that you desire are good first steps. Um, another way you could do this is by taking like, uh, by journaling and taking a moral inventory each day of like, what did I do well as a person? And what did I do poorly as a person? And I add that caveat as a person, because when I've done journaling, I often slip into productivity journaling, which is useful, but different from stoicism. So it's like, I could have, uh, I could have gone on Facebook a little less today, which maybe has something to do with virtue, but that's not really the point there. The point is more to say like, I shouldn't have snapped at that person or something like that. Um, and so by maybe I would say two things like 
very slowly, like with minor, minor, minor things that you could probably do without because you want to be able to succeed to encourage yourself. And also you don't want to overwhelm yourself and create any trauma. So like minor things, like if you have three cups of coffee a day with milk in them, maybe have one cup black and see how you like it and maybe create a hierarchy and build up the hierarchy of going without things that you desire and exposing yourself to things that you find aversive but aren't going to, aren't harmful to yourself of others of course so if you're aversive to murder don't start murdering uh, but i'm talking about things that like are more about the virtues like if you're aversive to public speaking you can um nod to a stranger to start and then from there on you can build things up to um a full public speech that's um, a couple of really interesting points there. I mean, the first is um, starting with that kind of self-reflection. I think journaling um, was actually key to my getting reacquainted with um, what a, a childhood interest in Stoicism that began when I was in seventh grade and was handed Marcus Aurelius's meditations by my Latin teacher. And then I became kind of a lap Stoic for a very long period of time. And um, as I was getting back into Stoicism and trying to dive more deeply into, um, you know, all of the, the practices and, and more difficult concepts like, you know, what is nature and, and things like that. The journaling process really helped me a daily practice of journaling. And uh, my, I don't, I, I'd like to ask you about um, your journaling practice, but I'll just share really quickly mine because it's kind of loosely based on Massimo's, uh, Massimo Pigliucci's, which is to start the day with listing three things I'm grateful for and always very simple things like hot running water or hot coffee or refrigeration or, um, you know, even a good night's sleep um, and decent food to eat. And then I, I do write a to-do list and um, I make a point of writing down everything that should be, that I need to get done that day. But then I put an asterisk by the one thing that will get done before anything else gets done, the one thing that will move the needle for me in my work. And then at the end of the day, I do what I call an evening reflection, which is made up of listing one thing that went really well that day, one thing where I came up short, and then the lesson, you know, that I learned um, from that. Uh, do you have a particular journaling practice yeah i found what works best is um i actually just copy and paste a whole bunch of bullet points into one microsoft OneNote um for each day and it asks uh three questions it says what did you do today and that prompts me to try to remember the day because sometimes if i try to think about um uh something that i did badly or poorly uh, or well that day um i have trouble and so i just write out what i did during the day in a somewhat neutral term and may maybe bring up um, some things that I will feed into the next step. So I just say what I did for the day in short. Then I say, what did I do um, poorly? Um, and I answer that question. What did I do well? And what can I do differently in the future, which is a big step. And I kind of plan the following day. And so how um, my stoic practice goes is I journal that at night. In the morning, I review that what can I do differently? Um, and then what I do is a five minute meditation that I kind of picked up from Stoic Week last year, um, where I, where um, I take a look at where I failed. So for instance, perhaps um, I was, perhaps I got snippy at my partner or something. Um, so I take a look at that. And then what I do is I set a five minute timer, and I visualize how it went wrong yesterday to try to find it in slow motion. 
And so I start off, okay, so what was happening? Well, uh, we were eating dinner and then I noticed she kept on asking the same question and then I felt angerized and then boom, uh, then I snapped. So I rehearse that, then I go back and look for the first warning signs and say, oh, okay, I felt a bodily sensation of anger where I got a little tight and like going forward. Um, that there is my trigger. And then I can rehearse right after I see that trigger, how could I have behaved differently? And then I rehearse that a few more times throughout the five minute period until the bell rings. That way I can kind of simulate where the first warning signs of going awry occurred and then practice in my head how to do it better the next time. So that's one of my practices. And then during the day, I kind of rotate stoic practices. Um, in New York City Stoics, we're doing a stoic practice group. We have a reading group where, um, as well as a, a group devoted to practice. And I choose uh, exercise from the reading um, each month. And this time we're reminding ourselves of the impermanence of things. And so I'm taking Epictetus' advice of when I get on my computer and it opens, I'm like, this could have broken. Uh, when I uh, go out, get back to my apartment, I say, this could have burnt down. I just silently tell myself these things throughout the day that this could be lost, this could be lost, this could be lost. And that's my current practice for the month, but that kind of changes a little bit. That's fantastic. So, I mean, you have built so much intentionality into your practice and um, are like just it, it seems like you're just uh, there's no no way for you to become just to, to 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 pause and become inert. It seems like your your practice is just going to continue to propel you forward and, and, you know, trying to achieve your potential. And I love what you said something else earlier about um doing something small. And that's uh, something that I've learned through Michael Bungay Steiner's work. Um, I think it's called The Coaching Habit. He, he lists five things towards building new habits, which is the only way that we can ever get things to be done in a way that hasn't that we are not currently doing. You have to start doing things in a new way. That means building a new habit in order to, uh, you know, facilitate change and um, goal achievement. We have about 10 minutes left. Um, the, the Stoic Guitarist site and this Facebook page is really geared towards using Stoicism to help people reconnect and re-engage with their creativity and to start to apply themselves to their work and relationships um, with the mindset of a thriving artist who, you know, again, like you were just illustrating, to um, apply, to, to dial in our motivation and our intention with what we do and what we say, and to do so in a way that cultivates uh, a feeling of more flourishing and thriving and kind of less stress. Uh, can you think, are there any particular um, stoic quotes or stoic teachings or exercises or principles that you think um, would benefit people that are trying to achieve their potential as creatives or artists, even if that those are not musicians and painters, but just parents or partners trying to, to be better in those, uh, in those endeavors. Mm, a, probably a good one is since it's about an artist is uh, Epictetus's um, story about the lyre player um, who gets who is well practiced in their art and uh, feels fine when they're practicing and then they get up on stage and all of a sudden fear and he asks why 
what's the difference? You played this song a thousand times and now you put yourself in a slightly different location and all of a sudden you're terrified. What's going on? And he traces it back to um, when you're alone, you are playing for yourself essentially. And when you go out, you're all of a sudden want to please the audience and pleasing the audience is beyond your control. And so you are probably fearing because you are placing value, you're desiring something that is outside of your control. And that's a very good tip for a lot of people and also probably especially artists is that when you feel dis-ease, when you feel nervous or disliking something or afraid, Epictetus recommends like, that's a good clue that something is amiss in your desires, that you are placing a desire um, on something outside of your control. And so it's a very good trigger for me. And I think it would be a good trigger for a lot of people in general. Like, are you feeling upset? Then where is your desire going wrong? You can use that model of desires being placed on externals. Whenever you feel upset, you're like, oh, wow, I'm anxious. Wait, why? What am I desiring that's outside of my control? Oh, I want that to occur. And then what you could do is feed that into your practice to build up exposure to that, to reduce the desires of things outside of your control. So discipline of desire, Epictetus recommends it as the first uh, and major thrust in Stoic training. And I agree and I like it and want to do more of it, but I'm kind of slacking on it. I'm averse to it myself. <laughs> it's, really, it's really interesting that Greg Sadler uh, brought up that exact same uh, teaching of Epictetus. And um, there's a piece of advice that I always, I, I, I teach guitar. And part of my practice as a teacher is to, uh, you know, I, I, teach people how to make chords and strum their way through songs. But the point of music is communication. And that requires that you share what you're doing with others, which of course brings up the possibility of fear um, and what you were just describing. So the statement I always teach to my students before their first public performance, and you know, I see them getting nervous is to rem I remind, I ask them to think about what the music is really for. The music is not for, the, the attention that it gives us or the applause, and it's not for um, the rewards of uh, applause or money that might come our way. If you serve the craft and don't worry about the externals, then everything generally will kind of be okay. And I love what you said about the, that fear and anxiety kind of, I call it, it's a compass, fear is a compass. It tells you what you're supposed to be paying attention to. Um, and that's kind of built into that statement as well. Um, really interesting, Greg. I, I, I can't wait to check out more of the Stoic Fellowship. I've, it's been something I've really wanted to um, uh, try to build a face-to-face -face meetup group in my own little town of, uh, in, located in Southwest Virginia. So where can people connect with you out, uh, and, and learn more about the great work that you're doing? So if you go to stoicfellowship.com um, and then click the big join button, I think there are a couple of them for emphasis, um, you could fill out a form contacting us and you could say whether you're looking for Stoics in your area or whether you're interested in starting a Stoic group. And then what we try to do, then I'll, then I'll get an email. I'm the director of membership there, so I bring in the members. So you'll see me and you met me. So hi, I don't bite, so feel free to contact us. Um, and um, then we'll try to set you up with people in your area and try to get you off the ground by uh, giving you ideas, promoting your um, meetup, and introducing to, uh, you to new people as they come in and say, hey, is there a meetup in uh, 
in Taipei. Oh, yes, we just have somebody who is doing that. And we ha we're an international group, so we have uh, currently 16 STOA all over the world. Um, but yeah, if you want to do that, then definitely do that. But there's a lot of other ways you can do it too. Like there are only two Stoic camps right now, Stoic Camp Wyoming and Stoic Camp New York. If you want to do Stoic Camp Mexico City, do it. Um, Massimo and I provide our curriculum uh, free of charge in a PDF if you want to use that. You could use Rob Coulter's example of just reading the meditations in a group. There's also a new uh, format from modern Stoicism called Stoicon X. Stoicon is October 14th this year, and then the following day I'm going to be the keynote speaker at Stoicon X Toronto, um, where I'm going to be talking about some of the stuff I talked about today about the benefits of starting your own face-to-face -face group. But you could actually hold the Stoicon X, and there are guidelines available if you Google it or ask Don Robinson uh, for doing your own Stoicon X. You could watch last year's Stoicon videos, which are free of charge, um, or you can start your own Stoic meetup, or you can do a Stoic camp in your area. And the Stoic Fellowship can help you with all that. And if you don't want our help, I still encourage you to do it on your own. You're going to get personal benefits from it because you're going to be accountable to groups of presenting information, and that's going to make you get on your game more and know a lot more. Um, of what you are talking about. That's actually the, personally the reason why I did it. A lot of people say, oh, I don't know if I know enough or I'm a good enough Stoic to do it. It's like, it doesn't matter. Um, the title of my talk is People Learn as a Cheech, which is a quote from Seneca. The goal, like we're all not sages. Well, most of us, I guess, uh, anyway, <laughs> maybe Don Robertson. Um, but, um, but, and the good thing, the good news about the weird Stoic viewpoint that everybody who's not a sage is equally corrupt that's somewhat encouraging. And uh, as Julia Anna said at her Stoicon 16 talk, it's meant to be encouraging because like, you're just as sucky as Epictetus in a sense. So yeah, you don't know all what you're talking about, but it's gonna get you to learn more as you teach. So don't be too hesitant about this. Um, and if you need help, contact the Stoic Fellowship at stoicfellowship.com. Uh, you can also keep an eye, I occasionally write essays for modern Stoicism. I currently have one up on comparing Stoic versus Buddhist mindfulness. And I'm going to write another one on Stoic and Buddhist notions of selfhood. Um, so check out modern Stoicism. You can check out New York City Stoics too if you're in the New York City area. And that's me in a nutshell. Awesome. Well, I think I, I've actually got that uh, article linked here on the Facebook page. So okay. if, it was a fantastic article. It's a subject, subject that's come up several times in my private um, membership group uh, for the our Facebook group for members of my site. And uh, your article was was extremely insightful and, and helpful. Well, that's uh, that's fantastic. Greg, thank you so much um, for joining us here today and for sharing your great work with this audience. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Remember that um, that the wisdom that Greg just shared is useless until you use it. And so if you're still with us, we appreciate your time and attention. If you'd like to help ensure the continued development and delivery of this broadcast, visit thestoicguitars.com and click on the fuel tab in the upper right hand corner, and then just decide what to do next. Now, go out there and do better for more, and we'll see you next time. Did you enjoy this episode of Meet the Modern Stoics? then help me spread the stoic goodness and leave a five-star review on iTunes. Tell a friend about the podcast or email me at scott at thestoicguitars.com. Tell me what you think or who I should have on next. It's always great to hear from you. Remember, you can access all of the video versions of these interviews at thestoicguitars.com. And while you're there, grab the free resource guide and checklist on how to become a bulletproof creative and a thriving artist in any endeavor or enterprise. Thanks for tuning in and for your support and participation. See you next time. 
fate permitting. <laughs>